Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, welcome to the Talking City podcast from the Manchester Evening News. The revamp cup special to kick us back off underway. I'm the new host, Rich Fay. I'm delighted to say I'm joined here by Stuart Brennan. And by Ian Cheeseman. Good afternoon, fellas. Right? Yeah, afternoon. Afternoon, Rich. Wembley delight for City yesterday. Perfect cup final win for City, the first of hopefully many under Pep Guardiola. First of all, your thoughts on the Wembley occasion? City good, Arsenal woeful, perhaps. Yeah, Arsenal was certainly woeful, uh, and everybody's. It's been a bit, bit too much focus on that. I think. I mean, we've all seen Gary Neville ripping Arsenal apart and. You know, quite rightly as well, because I thought they they were they were pretty awful in the second half. But you know, I think City probably deserve a bit more credit than they've had so far. Um, I, I thought they won it without really hitting top gear. You know, they're perhaps in third gear at times in the second half, but they, they went through most of the game in second gear. You know, you kind of think, what what would it have been if they'd have hit top gear? Um, we, myself and Ian were talking on the way back from Wembley that. Uh, De Bruyne hadn't really played yeah. that well, you know, the star man. Um, and and the, the man of the match was the centre-half, you know. All season we used to see him um, being a great attacking team, but it was a defender who, who won the man of the match. Yeah, and of course, this was butt in there. Only three shots on target from City yesterday. All of them went in. Arsenal had two shots on target themselves. They had two on target? Yeah. I was staggered by that. Yeah, I don't I remember the, the shots on target. No, I think the first one was early on. Wilshire fed Ramsey and then Aubameyang. I think it would have been given offside but Walker sort of slid it's in. I think, shot on target, I think the stats might have been very generous to Arsenal <laughs> yesterday. And also possession. City only had 50, I say only 54% yesterday. In terms of Pep Guardiola's side, one of the lowest perhaps they've had this season. Arsenal well, obviously we've gone try to dictate the play more when they went behind sloppy defending for the first goal but like Stu said Ian City perhaps not getting the credit they deserved No and, and I think uh, the fact that the possession stats were down perhaps shows that City as, as Stuart said weren't quite on song it seems a strange thing to say when you just won the cup and, and you've won it quite emphatically by three goals to nil but they weren't as I've seen them play a lot better than that uh, this season in, in many many games and even in you know, games like I don't know Crystal Palace away, yeah. where they didn't come away with three points. They probably played better than they did yesterday. There were little pockets and little phases where, because of the qualities throughout this team, where you just sort of dazzled a little bit by it. I can't help being that way. I mean, obviously, uh, I'm as much of a fan as I am as a journalist. So, to me, there's a sort of a lot of emotion goes through watching yeah. a game as well. And uh, I can't deny that there are times when I'm sitting there watching City and and really sort of as I say, wowing really uh, and, and thinking, I don't know how they do that and that that's exactly why I go to football uh, Okay, I, I, I sit in the press box quite often so I can't say that's what I pay me money for but if I was a, a paying spectator, the thing I'd want people to do in front of me is do something that takes my breath away and there were little moments of that in the game uh, and certainly Vincent Company being the hero that he is scoring the goal, yeah. celebrating like he did. And the fact that, you know, Aguero and David Silva, three of the original 
Galacticos, if you want to call them yeah. that, who came in and and have been through the, the whole journey since City's rebirth, for want of another expression. The fact that they were all pivotal to the game had it added to the emotion. But yeah, the performance wasn't quite quite the same. And, and the other thing I, I'd say, you asked at the beginning about the sort of what happened and you know, stuff around the game, not just the game. And I've been to the Wembley finals that City have been in and semis and playoffs and everything down the years. And uh, of all the finals um, and big games like that at Wembley, I would say that the crowd, this isn't in any way being critical, by the way, but the, the City fans, because I talked to a lot of them on Wembley Way, were more low-key than, than ever. Um, and, it, and it felt more of just another game. Now, people who weren't at Wembley and watched from further afield might not quite understand that. Um, and again, it's certainly not meant in any detrimental way. But I remember when City first got into the Champions League, uh, a game against Barcelona would be, wow, Barcelona are here. <laughs> and people would be taking pictures of Messi. Yeah. And he even felt that the club, to a certain extent, were well, a little bit yeah. in, in awe. Whereas for the, the first time I can think of, City were in a final with a trophy at stake yesterday. And yet it felt like, yeah, this is a means to an end. This is a game to win the trophy. And the actual occasion isn't quite as overwhelming as maybe it once would have been. Yeah, maybe that's got something down to the manager, Pep Guardiola, who's just raised the standards and made maybe made City really believe that they are one of the top clubs in Europe, like, like the players on the pitch dictate. I mean, the whole ethos around the club has lifted to a whole other level, really, with Pep's introduction. As you were saying that, Ian, I'm going to ask you this, Stu. Vincent Company's goal was perfect. I guess the performance could only have been capped off if Yaya had added to the score sheet as well, but... Company's goal, the celebrations, is that the moment of the season so far for City? In a lot of ways, yeah. I mean, you could almost feel the fans willing him to score. He was going up for set pieces and the fans were singing his name, yeah. you know. Otamendi was there as well, who's just as likely to score from a set piece. Uh, but the fans were singing his name because he just means so much to City and understandably so. I mean, I talked to him uh, afterwards in the mix zone and uh, he was still buzzing with it then. You know, you've got to, this is a man who's sort of taken Manchester to his heart. You know, he, he came here ten years ago. Uh, he's married a local girl. He's got he's got a couple of little Mancunians himself now, as he as he freely admits. Um, I can imagine he, there's not not many footballers who do this, but I can imagine him staying in this area once yeah. once his city career is finished. Um, and he, he just genuinely does. He likes the city. He loves the club. Um, he's just sort of become part of the fabric of it. Um, he gets the city fans, and the, the city fans get him, and it's, it's a it's a special relationship. You know, there's not a lot of players. You think of all the great players, city. In fact, you mentioned Yaya there. Mm. I mean, the city city fans do love Yaya for what he's done and some of the great things he's done football wise. But there's always a little bit of a, a minus yeah. with Yaya because of the antics of his agent, and at times on the pitch he doesn't he hasn't always looked like he's hundred yeah. percent. Company has been hundred percent in everything he's done since he came. The moment he set foot in the club. You know, in terms of playing and training, and when he's speaking, you know, speaking on behalf of the club, and that 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 whole package makes him a legend. He always says the right things. He's an intelligent, eloquent man, uh, as well as being a hundred percent passionate, committed, and very good footballer. Um, and I think all those things together just just me. I mean, the, the city fans sing. You know, we love you more than you will know. And that. that Ian will know it better than me as yeah. a City fan that 
that that is a genuine you know a lot of football yeah. songs you just you just sing whatever you feel like singing don't you as long as it rhymes and it fits the, it rhyme, fits the tune but I think that, that Vincent Company song is absolutely yeah. spot on they do and uh, Vinny does know it really because he you know he, he, he loves it and he, he sort of reciprocates that love and that's what made that goal such a really really special moment I want to ask you a question because obviously uh, <laughs> You t- we talked about this a little bit and, and I know that the quotes from Vincent have been very powerful in the aftermath of this game and you've been reporting those in the evening news but you also spoke about the fact that ahead of the, the Basel game Vincent was sat with Pep Guardiola in a press conference, you were there, I wasn't at that um, and we know how intelligent and what a deep thinker Vincent Company is mm-hmm. and we also know that Mikel Arteta is at the moment the one you would think Pep might be grooming uh, to be perhaps his eventual successor, albeit that there's also talk of a new contract for Pep and an extension fairly soon. But I wonder whether, given his age and given the, and you you tell people who are listening to this, the the body language between the two of them at that press conference, Mm -hmm. because you saw it and I didn't, I wonder whether Vincent might be somewhere in the future also a contender to be a successor. We might not think of him that way at the Mm -hmm. moment, but he's got great intelligence, he's got the adoration of the supporters, mm-hmm. he clearly loves the game, you're talking about him staying in Manchester, and if Pep, from what you were saying to me, was sort of like looking at him, giving sort of, hmm, you know, sort of knowing uh, little shakes of the head and that, I wonder mm-hmm. if that could be something that we see happen. Yeah, yeah, I mean, one of the things that, that Vinny did say, um, I, I was listening to him being interviewed on the radio this morning, and he, uh, he talks about working with Pep has been like going to football university for 10 years as well so he's obviously he's learning at the, uh, at the and this is a man who, who knows how to learn he's, he's done a, a business degree at Manchester University while he's been here as well as being a, a football legend he's also a, a man who's sort of taking a business degree so he knows how to take stuff on board and how to use it he's, that's what we're talking about his intelligence but that, that press conference yeah I, I was I was quite taken with that uh, to the point where I wasn't overly listening to what he was saying. <laughs> Luckily, I was recording it, so it didn't really matter. But I was watching Pep's reaction to it. because well, you, that one of the days you actually put your recorder on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually figured out how to work it. Press, <laughs> the, right, press the right button this Occasionally time. Occasionally, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has been known. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the greatest, greatest technological wizard out there. But, um, yeah, I mean, and the background of it, of course, is that you probably sense this as well as I have, that since Pep came in... He, He's so intense and he's so committed that he wants everybody to be like that. And when company has, has sort of played a game and gone off after 10 minutes or after 40 minutes or, or whatever, you get the feeling he just gets frustrated with, with company. And it's like, well, why can't he just get fit and be available? He's no good to me if he's not available. And uh, we, we ask him about it. As, when he's been asked, has Vincent got a, a future with the club? His answer, his stock answer has always been, well, yeah, he has because he's got three years left or two years left on his contract or whatever it is and it almost feels like he's sort of saying I want to get rid of him really because he's not a lot of use to me he might be a club legend but I want players who are going to be there available for me all the time and you do you do sort of you have felt that all along that perhaps he hasn't learned to appreciate what company brings to the club um, off the field as much as on off it off the field as much as on it but now, whether 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 it was that moment or whether it's built up to that moment, but in that press conference, you could see Pep listening to what he was saying, and to me, he was sort of taking it on board and thinking, actually, this guy has got. I'm, I'm sure he's already he'd already spotted it, but 
it's not the kind of thing that they would do. You know, you wouldn't get Pep Guardiola and Vincent Company sitting in a room <laughs> together uh, and Pep saying, well, what's your philosophy? What do you think about City? What do you think about where we're going? Because that's not what he does. He has his own little coterie of, of people around him. And, and, and Vincent wouldn't be, you know, he'll talk to him, obviously, but he won't talk to him intimately. But all of a sudden, he's sitting next to him and listening to Vincent talking eloquently and passionately about where City are and what they need to do. And the fact that uh, some, somebody asked it, somebody asked Vincent, um, you know, is this City team uh, better than the ones you've played in before? And he said, well, we'll only find that out when we've won something, you know. We've got to win stuff to, to be better than the Mancini team and the Pellegrini team because they, the tro- they won trophies, they won league titles. Uh, and he said, but not only that, it's where we go going on from there. We can't just sort of win the title as he as did with Mancini and Pellegrini. They won the title and it was like, oh, there we go, we've done that. Let's, uh, what do we do now? He said it's a case of winning it and then keep winning it. You know, that, that, is, that is what the, the true test of whether it's a great team or not. He was talk, talking about all these things and Guardiola was listening to him quite intently. And he, and he wasn't nodding and he wasn't sort of, you know, going... I can't do it on a, on a podcast. He <laughs> it wasn't even facial expressions that would sort of say, "Yeah, you know, that's that's great. I really." Like. But I got the impression from the body language and everything that, that Guardiola was thinking, "This guy's got something here." And I didn't think, even though company was in the press conference, I didn't think he would play against Basel the following night. But he did. Him and Otamendi were the two. All of a sudden, company and Otamendi are Pep's first choice mm. centre backs. They played against Basel. They didn't play against Wigan because he thought he could get away with it. They play a cup final, company and Otamendi. So I just think that perhaps Pep has got got him fit again. He's seen what he's got to offer as a player, but he's seen what he's got to offer beyond being a player. He's, he's sort of perhaps f- recognising now that company is far more than just a, another centre-back at Manchester well, City. That is a great insight because you and I have, have stood in tunnels talk, and we've talked to him for maybe 10 minutes and it's a strange thing to suggest, which you are doing, which I agree with. <laughs> no, it's, no, I agree with what you're saying, because you know, that, that Pep and company wouldn't necessarily sit, or certainly Pep wouldn't sit and listen to company talking quite that, the way we would listen to him and ask him questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, why would he? You know, because he's the manager and he's got a lot of players to deal with. Whereas you and I, when we get a one-to-one or two to one as it would be, you know, with a player, we're hanging on every word and asking him questions and listening to what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't occur to you, but it's true, isn't it? And that, mm-hmm. that, that's a great insight. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's a good point you made there, Stuart. The, the preferred defensive partnership at the moment is Ottomendi and Company. Company has been, he's kept three clean sheets in his last three appearances from City. City, City have kept four in the last seven. So it says everything that the partnership those two have established on the pitch really and he's proven a lot of people wrong again company I think perhaps he might have been buoyed on by those words that Pep said maybe that there are a few doubts over Vincent company and everyone knows that when he overcomes his injuries he's one of the best in the Premier League if not right up there to be the best defender in the Premier League yesterday well on the weekend this when City played we saw a couple of other players make a comeback Gabriel Jesus came back from injury Phil Foden made a cameo as well Fantastic to see those both involved. Gabriel Jesus is back as the first choice striker, would you say, when he's back fit? Or do you think Sergio Aguero still is? Well, in, in, I don't think there's a first choice striker. Um, I think it's different, first of all, different tactics necessarily for different teams. Um, I think in Basel away, for example, um, 
I'm not saying that Company and Otamendi are not the two best mm. defenders of the four. Um, that, that we can come back to if you want. But I think he picked those two because away from home in Europe against a team who are likely to be quite confident and have the crowd behind them and come on to them, that two strong, decent players, relatively speaking, in the air, whereas Stones and Laporte are both seen as great footballing yeah. centre-halves, but not necessarily as strong physically as the other two. Now, you might argue that in a different type of game against a different opposition, that it might suit better the Stones uh, Yeah. Laporte type combination I don't know that's for people to debate but um, in the same way Jesus and Aguero in one game it might be that you want that explosive pace and that that poachers goal scoring from Aguero whereas in a different game Jesus offers something completely different in my opinion which is all about mobility Mm -hmm. again not saying that Aguero doesn't work but that Jesus' ability at this stage in his career anyway is more about moving around and creating space and being part of that fast passing whereas Aguero he's learned a bit to do it but he's still mainly focused on being on the end of things and and scoring so therefore certain types of games you might play Aguero sometimes you might play Jesus still might play with a false nine and neither and others you'll play them together and that's what Pep's good at yeah it's it's strange In, in our business it's a funny thing that we always see it as one or the other. You know, yeah. it, it, Jesus comes in, everyone says Aguero's out the door. <laughs> Alexis Sanchez are looking to buy Aguero's out the door. It just doesn't work like that. You know, a top club, sitting you know, a, a huge club and a wealthy club um, with two strikers. You know, you think you know, you, United, really United, really when don't. United won the treble, which is what City have been trying to achieve this year, they had four. Yeah. You know, so you need three is an absolute minimum. Yeah. I would suggest. So, you know, Aguero, there have been, you know, I know City fans hate this because whenever you write a story about it, whenever you write a story about Aguero, um, you know, there being a doubt about whether he's going to stay at City. The City fans go mad because they love him so much yeah. and they just want him to stay forever, which is understandable. Uh, and I, I resist it. If I don't think, if I think there's a lot of nonsense being taught, I will not write the story. But in the last two years, for the first time, I have written the story that uh, there is a doubt over Aguero staying. The, the fact that he started talking to journalists and discussing his future, which he hadn't done previously, other than to say, no, I'm staying, it's rubbish, I love City and I'm going to be staying, I've got a special relationship. That's always what he said in the past. In the last two years, there's been a couple of occasions where he's said, well, it's up to City. I don't know, it's up to City. Now that, for the first time, introduces an element of doubt. And it's obviously Aguero not being sure himself but what he has done, his response to to Jesus coming in, has been to up his game. Like you said, you know, he, he's taken on board what Guardiola wants, and he's become a different player. Uh, he's still got all the old goal scoring attributes. In fact, he's scoring more, I think, now than he. You know, he's on he's on course to have his best season in terms of his goal scoring. Um, so Jesus coming in has upped his game. It's, it's not it's not it's not becoming either or. The two of them. Bouncing off each other, they can. They've shown they can play together as well now, which mm. a lot of people thought they couldn't. Um, but Aguero has been been the what he's he's done the donkey work for the last few few weeks while Jesus has been injured, uh, and now he'll get a rest. But of course, as soon as he gets a rest <laughs> and Jesus comes in, Aguero's on the bench. 
He's going to be unhappy, he's going to leave. And it just isn't the case. Say you know. Thursday, of course, City are at Arsenal again. And you would think after after playing all these games in a row, Guero, if Jesus is seen as being fit to start that game, yeah. i.e. play basically 90 minutes, that could very well happen. We don't know because it's very hard to predict the manager. But, you know, the, you know, absolutely, the headlines will be, you know, Jesus is, is the number one because he's come in, but City then play Chelsea on, on Sunday. So then it might be that Aguero comes back in and, well, you'd have nothing to write about. I mean, I'm not holding myself, but I only write it if I think, I think there is. And I think there has been an element of doubt. But I think the way Aguero has responded and the fact that Guardiola has responded to the way he's responded tells me that that there isn't an imminent departure. Yeah. You know, I mean, it could change if, if if they go out and bring in Griezmann or some other striker in the in the top striker in the summer. You know, and then he doesn't play as much. Well, you never you never know. You know, but what is he? Twenty nine, and he's still yeah. banging goals yeah. in. Why why would you want to get rid of him? There's that many games anyway. Yeah. They're, they're all going to play, he, aren't they? Even like you said, then Steve, there's very few people who could replace him. At yeah. all, and the goals that he offers, and Absolutely. of course, and he, he spoke to us by radio yesterday and said that his, he thinks that the Carabao Cup win could help City on to Champions League glory. And he sort of said that we've got a good chance this year or next, implying that he's plans to stay around for the next year. And hopefully, if they don't win the Champions League this season, that he would go again next year. Yeah. Of course, also on Sunday, 199th club goal for Sergio Aguero, one off another landmark at City. I guess, sort of looking ahead, we indicated there that Gabriel might play one of the games this week but Arsenal on Thursday Chelsea on Sunday will Sergio Aguero have 200 City goals this time next week yeah <laughs> you're better against well, it, it's, it's only five minutes seems five minutes ago we were talking about him beating Eric Brooks record which is yeah. about 178 crazy so he's got 22 goals since then you know he's, he's just piled, there was that stat I mean he's probably gone by now but there was a stat that in couple of weeks ago he'd scored more goals in 2018 than Chelsea yeah it's just it's just ludicrous and then people are saying you know he's he's got is he on his way why would you because not only is the goals it's the other side of it as well as you know if you go to America on tour you go to China on tour the big posters that are up advertising City being there they're all Aguero he is City's global icon you know, he's not. He's possibly the not the best, stupid, best player. That. Yeah, they do. They do. The, the club would absolutely. <laughs> I mean, this is why. If you if you ask the club, you know, whenever there's a rumor about Real Madrid are coming in, Barcelona are coming in, uh, PSG are coming in, the club will say, "Well, if they, if they're asking about Sergio Aguero, they can forget it because he's not for sale, not at any price." And that that is the beauty of being City. People say that players have the price. But, you know, you can imagine PSG saying, we'll give you 300 million for him, and City saying, what do we want 300 million for? <laughs> you know, they haven't, they haven't got shareholders to keep happy. They haven't, they haven't got, a, you know, they haven't got an owner who's greedy for money. He's got more money than he'll, <laughs> he'll ever need. Um, um, They're they just, they just there to have a great football team, and Aguero is an integral part of that. And it, it's just perfect. Two quotes this week, one from Aguero, uh, saying he's, he's very happy... And uh, as long as he's got a contract at Manchester City, he doesn't want to go anywhere else, mm-hmm. which is a quite defining one. And he, he did an interview, by the way, in English after the League Cup final, which uh, very strange for him to do on in English, <laughs> but that's it. And he was smiling all the time. And De Bruyne, of course, was quoted as, uh, or his agent, I think, was quoted as saying that you know he could have earned more money at Paris Saint-Germain, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, he preferred to play in the Premier League uh, where it was like a Champions League final every week 
playing against Chelsea, United, Arsenal, Tottenham, the lot. So what, what was what I'm, I suppose in just backing up what you're saying about it's not just about the money. Mm. It might be to certain individuals, and maybe Sanchez was an example mm. of that. But in, but there are still players out there who yes they're all motivated by money. We're not stupid, but who actually have other things that matter to them. And uh, I, I think I can't help think I can I can't prove this, and, and only in retrospect will will we know for sure. But it feels to me that City, not just Pep, because he's only been there for a year and a half, but generally as, as an organisation, have this very um, ethical way of dealing with players uh, behind the scenes that, that is not made public. And I can't help thinking that Aguero's been told that once that they'll when he comes to the running down his contract, they'll let him go to Independiente mm. in Argentina, yeah. which is where he wants to go. And play out his career there, and not just try to screw some other club for the most money and restrict his his develop, you know, his, the final years of his career. And it feels like David Silva is in the same type of position that they've said to him: "Listen, once you and, and, and us feel that the time is right, we will say thank you very much for everything you've done and let you go uh, to those clubs that you want to go to, because we'll honour our side of it as well." Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that about about. Yeah. What I perceive at the moment, yeah. unless of course in another year or two, <laughs> it goes to uh, somewhere like Paris Saint Germain, and that yeah. never happens. And I go, well, got that one wrong, yeah. didn't I? But that's how it feels to me. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that's the intention. You, you can't always do it because things change in football. Like you say, you know, he, if he's not in the team, he, he might he might change his mind and, w- and want to go somewhere else to play. And that, that that goes for any player. Yeah, you know. But but yeah, I, I, I get that feeling. We saw with Zabaleta City made a big fuss. There was Zabaleta mm. leaving, so you think that. They won't want Aguero to go and slip out the back door quietly, will they? You know, they want him to go with best wishes and everybody to feel good about it, as they did with Zabaletta. And and obviously, we're talking about the cup final here at Wembley, and uh, it's slipped under the radar because City won comfortably in the end. But the manager was determined to stick by Claudio Bravo to to give him his moment in the spotlight. It worked out perfectly for him. you know, and I've seen his social media where he's celebrating everything that he's achieved this weekend. Uh, a lot of people were putting pressure on and trying to put fans and journalists. Well, it's got to be Edison. What you're doing? How can you not pick Edison? But there was a decision there, and we, we heard that quote. We were both at the press conference on Friday, where Pep said, "Sometimes the happiness in the dressing room, in the locker room, as he calls it, mm-hmm. is actually uh, more important than than even winning a trophy." Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that makes you sort of reel back slightly, especially as a fan and think mm-hmm. what. Mm-hmm. But but you know, look at look at the uh, the results of it. Yes, if it had gone wrong, everybody would have been vilifying the decision, <laughs> so, and we can't avoid that. But it, it feels as if there is within within the current club as it is, people trying to do things the right way mm-hmm. as human beings, not just as. As business people, but it's also a good football decision. It's really good football because you, you think about it. Say Edison, you know, does his knee ligaments after ten minutes at Arsenal on Thursday night. Bravo was on the pitch and playing for the rest of the season. Now he's going into that game full of beans and positive and optimistic and ready for the challenge. The fans will feel a lot happier about it, having seen the way he performed in, in the Carabao. They'll think, yeah, yeah, actually, he's a good. He's not as bad as we thought he was. <laughs> Um, you know they'll be positive about it. The other players will be positive about it. So in terms of in terms of football decision, it's worked out really really well for everybody concerned. 
win the title from that point. And as a fan, I mean, I don't do predictions, no. certainly not in one-off games. Um, I mean, I, I'll predict that City are going to win the league this year, but I don't <laughs> think that takes an awful lot of doing. Um, You've always been bowling. And <laughs> <laughs> but uh, to, to predict the outcome of individual games, you just don't know what the mindset is going to be. As I say, I, as, as important as how City approach the game at Arsenal is how do Arsenal approach the yeah. game at Arsenal. Um, and same with Chelsea, I mean, they've just got beaten by United. You know, do, do they now come... You know, a week later to Manchester again, and they've really got motivation and really got a point to prove. As it happens, because of the cushion that City have got in the league, and um, given that we, we know Mendy's coming back soon, hopefully Fernandinho will be back after the three week break in between yeah. the Stoke and Everton games, things like that, um, it actually doesn't matter. So if City were to draw the next two, yeah. as Stewart's predicted, that wouldn't be the end of the world. That could see the gap down to nine points, I suppose, if, if results elsewhere go against City. Um, but you know that wouldn't necessarily be a problem, although the, there might be some in the media who'd start cranking the pressure up and mm-hmm. talking about the reducing uh, gap and everything. But I don't see that as a problem because this, once this little set of fixtures are done in the league, there, isn't the, there won't be the same intense set of fixtures ever again mm-hmm. this season, will there? You know, there's the derby still to come. And maybe whoever City get in the Champions League will might affect that. But like you said, once this week's done, two of the, the bigger games towards the end of the season are out of the way. But I think that's arguably a win in one of those two games yeah. is better than the two draws. Statistically, of course, mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but another what? statistic for us for today, isn't it? Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> statistic. <laughs> we'll see. But um, thank you both for joining us today. We will see next week just how City got along. Thank you for listening to the Talking City podcast for Manchester News. You can get all the updates on Audio Boom and on iTunes and stick with us next week when we discuss... Read those quotes as well in Stuart's <laughs> article. We will do, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, Stuart.